and welcome to the book club that sure isn't your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? Good. Ellen, everything is well. Great. Glad to hear it. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about Matter of Class by Mary Bellog, and then later about how the romance genre gets absolutely no respect, much akin to Sir Rodney of Dangerfield. Um, but first, mom, what have you been reading? Well, <laughs> I finished the, um, are you going to tell me the name of the series that I just Joanna read? Shoup, the Knickerbocker Club series. The Knickerbocker Club. I finished that series. And then I actually took a few days off and I had some work and things I had to do. So I said, okay, I'm not going to start another series until I get these things done. And so I haven't actually started another series. I read the book for today. So you were I, a productive uh, member of society for yeah, a few days. lame, right? <laughs> Boring. Yes. Um, cool. Glad to hear it. Uh, I'm going to put you to work, though, this next week, so glad you had a little break. Uh, so we'll, we'll get ready for that. Um, I read the book called Hollywood Dirt by Alessandra Tor. I don't know how to say her name. And that's the book that, um, Passion Flicks, which we've previously talked about, is like the Netflix type service for um, romance movies and they're making their own original movies of romance novels. Um, So this was the first book that they adapted into a movie. Um, It was like a very true to the book adaptation Um, in ways I didn't expect. I wasn't sure if they were going to do sex scenes and they went there. Um, Yeah. Uh, but it was, it was cute. I liked it and they, they did a good job. And so I think if they keep this up, I, I will be excited about it. Are they going to do, are they going to do historicals as well as contemporaries? They haven't said that yet. So far, the only books that they've announced are, uh, contemporaries. And some of them, some of the books that they've announced that are contemporaries are like fairly saucy contemporaries. So it'll be interesting for sure. Um, but we'll have to see. The other book that I actually listened to that is not a romance, but this is just to prove that sometimes I venture outside of the romance genre. Not often, but sometimes. Um, I listened to the book The Disaster Artist by Greg Sestero, which is the book that is being made into a movie this winter. Um, but... The book is about the making of The Room, which is considered to be one of the worst movies ever made. Oh, yes. Um, And the book is narrated by, but the book is written and narrated by um, the guy who plays Mark in the movie. He's like one of the co-stars. And he just talks about how he was friends with this kind of larger than life character who wanted to make a movie and made his own movie and the like it's it's a it was a fascinating book i loved it it was really good um and i'm very excited to see the disaster artist in december so um mom you need to watch the room know that it's super awkward to watch because there's like three very uncomfortable sex scenes um like within 30 minutes of each other um (laughs) But it is, you know, we we are fans of awful movies. 
I think that this is one that we need to add to our uh, our collection. Has Mystery Science but, Theater done it? Uh, Riff Tracks has done it, which oh, is okay. you know the Mystery Science Theater partner. Um, but yeah, it was. But the book was really good, and I so I like hardcore listened to that like all within a day. Um, it was really good though. Um, okay, so if that kind of catches us up with what we've been reading, let's talk about this book. Today we're going to be talking about Matter of Class by Mary Bellog. It is a standalone novella. The back cover description reads, Reginald Mason is a wealthy, refined, and by all accounts a gentleman. However, he is not a gentleman by title, a factor that pains him and his father within the regents of society that upholds station over all else. That is, until an opportunity for social advancement arises, namely Lady Annabel Ashton, daughter of the Earl of Havercroft. A neighbor and enemy of the Mason family, Annabel finds herself disgraced by a scandal, one that has left her branded as damaged goods. Besmirched by shame, the Earl is only too happy to marry Annabel off to anyone willing to have her. Though Reginald Mason Sr. wishes to use Annabel to propel his family up the social ladder, his son does not wish to marry her, preferring instead to live the wild single life he is accustomed to. With this, Reginald Sr. serves his son an ultimatum, marry Annabel or make do without family funds. Having no choice, Reginald consents and enters into a hostile engagement in which the prospective bride and groom are openly antagonistic, each one resenting the other for their current state of affairs, while their respective fathers revel in their suffering. So begins an intoxicating tale rife with dark secrets, deception, and the trials of love, a story in which very little as is as it seems. So it's going to be pretty impossible to talk about this book without some major spoilers. So to break it down, the story is told in a well, lot... Wait a minute. First of all, wait a minute. <laughs> the description's longer than the book. <laughs> I know, it's true. That's a long description for a short book. No. So to break it down, the story is told in a nonlinear fashion where the storyline about them being forced into a betrothal is intercut with flashbacks to various incidents of them meeting and becoming friends as kids. Again, spoiler, if you have not read this, stop listening to this. Okay, so the flashbacks begin to progress their relationship from friendship to something more. And by the end, we find out that their whole engagement came about by them essentially manipulating their parents into arranging it. Um, they felt like their families would not accept it without making it seem like there was no other option but for them to get married. So, Mom, what did you think of Matter of Class? <laughs> I liked this book very much. Yeah. I liked it a lot. It was a lot of fun. It was very cute. I love the nonlinear thing. I mean, I liked the back and forth. Um, it would almost have to be a novella because you couldn't pull that off for a whole mm-hmm. um, That's one of the discussion book. questions I had for you. Oh, sorry. No, you're fine. Um, <laughs> Steamroll all and, of my prepared um, work. It's fine. <laughs> you slaved away. Yeah. Um, but it was it was a really cute story. Now I have to toot my own horn. I kind of figured it out early on. but So how um, early on? Well, early on I figured out, because um, right from the very beginning, it said that he had been acting a certain way. And then they didn't explain, I mean, in his, because it was his own narrative. Yeah. He was saying, I've been acting this way and, and just for this short amount of time, it's not like me to be worried about clothes, but I've been super into fashion lately. And then they never explained why. Mm-hmm. So, um, I just assumed, 
when they didn't explain, I was like, there's something here, there's something here they're not sharing. And then once they showed the first flashback to where their kids are like, they've been in love a long time and they've set this whole thing up. Okay, so you did it quicker. So I kind of figured, like, when they started showing the flashbacks, because, you know, they're acting like they don't know each... I mean, they're basically acting like they don't know each other in the, like, right. what we'll call present day, even though it's a historical. Um, so they're acting like they don't know each other, but they obviously do because they have all these interactions as kids. So for... And so this is the second time I've read it, but in my original reading... Um, I just kept thinking, like, well, what's going to happen to, like, make them hate each other, you know, or act to, like, to the point where they don't know, know, to the point where they're acting like they don't even know each other. Um, But I think I kind of, when I, when I picked it up was when they were, when she was 18 and he was 21, I could kind of tell that something was up prior to that, but I thought that it was just going to show something that revealed, like, why they weren't talking. But I think when the, when she was 18 and he was 21, I was like, okay, I think I see what's going to what's gonna go down here. Um, so you figured out sooner than me. Bravo, bravo. Um, <laughs> well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm sorry, what did you say? <laughs> You're right. That I what? <laughs> you thought you figured it out sooner than me. It's saying. Uh, okay, okay, all right. I figured some out stuff out <laughs> earlier than you, so it's, you know, it'll all even Sometimes, up. Sometimes, but... I just like to hear the praise. Yeah, okay. It's few um, and far between. So I kind of, I liked it because, it, first of all, I think this one is just so sweet. Like, it's just like, aww. Um, and it's sort of like a Romeo and Juliet with smarter protagonists who, like, find a way, you know, without having to kill. <laughs> without them, killing themselves. Without killing themselves. <laughs> um, and I, so like I said, this is my second time. And it was kind of fun, like, knowing what was happening because I could be like, oh, I see what she did there. And, like. Because there's certain lines, she does a really good job at kind of cloaking what's going on. Um, because anytime they're alone together in the quote-unquote present day, there's always lines where they're like very aware that they're being watched and things. Well, the funny one, as even as I thought back on it, you know, when I was doing it, is um, so are you a virgin? <laughs> She's like, I don't know. Are you? A virgin? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And there's, like, a lot of lines where they're, like, repressing, smiling at each other. And, you know, it works really well because that's that's lines that we see all the time in romance novels. Because it's like, oh, they're starting to like each other. Like, she's repressing her smile. But, like, this is because they're, like, in on this secret, you know, right. we don't know each other plot. And um, so I, I liked how she kind of had fun and, and kind of with the genre because she kind of took advantage of so many tropes and things that we're used to in romance novels to kind of cloak what was actually going on. Um, but so yeah, it was kind of fun to kind of pick up on a lot of their kind of machinations that they were, I don't know, cause they have a lot of lines when they're alone together where, uh, you know, she's kind of, she says she's angry at him, but it's because, like, he's having too much fun with this and she's, like, right. struggling and stuff like that. Well, and a lot of it was them kind of playing to the audience, too. I mean, playing to the people who were watching them. Yeah. Yeah. It was all, like, for appearances' sake. Like, a lot of their awkwardness and things like that was just because they knew, like, the parents were listening in when he was proposing to her or when they were at the ball, like, they knew that all of society was like watching them from 
from inside the ballroom and stuff like that. So, right. It it was very well done. Like, props to her. Um, also, I've been watching. So, my cousin and I have been doing like a heist movie marathon, and I was kind of so I was just kind of like, oh, this is kind of playing out, kind of similar to a heist movie where it's like you kind of the big reveal is like, oh, so that's like making more sense why this happened and kind of like the big reveal of how they did it at the end of, um, at the end of the movie or at the end of the book in this case. And so I was just, so that was kind of what was going through my head when I was reading it again. Um, okay. So do you, do you want to talk about the questions that I came up with? Yes. I would love to talk about the questions that I prepared that slaved over. Yes. So hard. Question um, away. Okay. So my first question was, could this be a full length novel and how is it maybe aided by being a novella length novel? Well, it, it couldn't have played out much longer than it did. No. Like I said, I mean, I figured it out and if they put, tried to pull it much longer, it would have, I think it, it would have ruined the ending. Yeah. If they tried to make a full length novel out of it. Um, yeah, so even when I was reading it, I was like, yeah, this is why this has to be a novella, because they couldn't play this out that long. Yeah. I feel like, because um, I feel like a lot of novellas in the romance genre are um, are just kind of the author's way to give, like, a little book between some other books, and that some of them are just stories that, like, could probably be a full-length novel if they just kind of, like, peppered in some more incidents and things like that, but... This one definitely, like, needed to be a novella, in my opinion. Um, like, there seemed to be purpose to the length of it. Because, like you said, like, she couldn't... I mean, you would have... If you, if this was full length, I would have been annoyed, ha- you know, halfway through. Like, what the heck is going on? Why is... What was... Right. You know. Well, the only... And the only other thing she could have done is maybe put more um, into, like, the back stories mm-hmm. and... If she did that, it would have been too easy to figure the whole thing out. Yeah, because so. she, like, refers a couple times to, like, them hanging out outside of, like, the incidents that we saw. And, like, she could have put in some red herrings, I guess, to kind of, like, throw you off the scent. But why do that when you can just give a little quick, you know, I, re- right. I read this in, like, two hours, I think, so. I did not, but you're a faster reader yeah, than me. that's true. <laughs> um, so, he... The character of Reggie, Reginald, however you want to call him, is noticeably younger than most of the heroes in other romance novels that I feel like we read. Um, Do you think that that has anything to do with kind of the inherent innocence of the book, or does that come from something else? Well, first of all, I liked that he was younger. Yeah. Because I think he's supposed to be like 25, right? Yeah, and she's 23, 22. 22. She's three years younger than him. Sorry, 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 (laughs) sorry. So, and to me, that seems more normal than the 35-year-old and the 18-year-old, which always kind of creeps me out. Yeah, I feel like but that doesn't happen, But it's very common though. in these books. But it doesn't, ha- that doesn't happen as much these days. I feel like most, but it was kind of fun because I feel like a lot of the historicals that I read, it's always like a 35-year-old hero with like a 28-year-old spinster, quote-unquote, or someone that's on the shelf. <laughs> and, um... And that's fine, but it was kind of nice to read, like, just a kind of sweet little innocent love story that takes place kind of when they're both younger. Well, and I think that also the, um, 
the sex in it was very innocent. Mm-hmm. Is that Can you say that? It was very, um, I think it was both of their first times. So it wasn't, you know, long and drawn out and he was this masterful, I've done this a million times, so I'm going to, yeah. you know, show her, show her what it's all about. Um, but I think that it had more of a virginal quality to the, the sex in it. Yeah. And, um, I think it added like a sweetness to the story. She didn't come right out and say that it was his first time. And so I couldn't tell. I mean, she kind of just hints that like Annabelle, you know, questions whether or not he's super experienced or not. Um, so I wasn't clear on that, but yeah, I mean it. Well, and his only answer was, I'm going to know what to do on our wedding night. Yeah. That was his only answer. So he doesn't really answer it either. That's true. But, um, uh, in my mind, it was his first time. Yeah. Cause he's been in love with her. <laughs> That's true. At that <laughs> point, he, like he, he, yeah, he had been, um, okay. So I'm going to skip ahead to this question. So what did you think of the sex scene? I saw some reviewers who felt that it was unnecessary. The thing that makes it necessary is that once that had occurred, there was more of a, okay, well, now we have to get married. We just need to get our dads on board. Yeah. So I think that the sex scene makes that more um, important. Yeah. I think because, um, like, because it's novella and she didn't have as much time to, like, super build up a relationship between them. Like it kind of gave them like automatic intimacy. And, um, I maybe the one thing is that I maybe would have liked if they kind of addressed the fact that like she could be pregnant and like what they would do in that situation. Well, I thought it was, I I don't know. I thought that it was a sweet, simple sex scene. And I think that it added to the sweet simpleness of the story yeah and I liked because I feel like some people um and they kind of address this like they could have just like okay I, I ruined your daughter let's get married but it was important to both of them that like it not ruin um their relationship with their families and stuff like that so they wanted to find a way well, they wanted their dads on board they yeah. didn't want their dads to hate each other and the kids even more so yeah so my other question is they talk a lot about feeling guilty for like their plotting um do you think that that is warranted and does part of you wish that they had told the moms well i think um even the one mom kind of not not had an idea that she had kind of done all this to marry him but she did do it all she did not marry stage it all to not marry the other guy yeah. that she was supposed to marry. Yeah. Um, so they do talk about, a lot about being guilty about it. I think he has more to be guilty about than she. Well, she, I guess she was essentially ruined. Yeah. But um, I think, you know, once they start having grandbabies and everybody's loving each other and it's a great big happy family that it, you know, the guilt will pass. Yeah. I think it was a necessary means to an end. Because it was the only way they could get their well, dads it's like, on board. I, I was like, ah, don't be so guilty. Your dads are freaking pig-headed, stubborn. Like, yeah, they should be guilty for the way they've treated each other for 30 yeah. years or wherever it was. And um, at one point, I kind of thought the moms were... In fact, when I was reading it again, I was like... I'm like, I can't remember if the moms are involved in this scheming. Because, you know, if they maybe... 
but there wasn't too many hints of that. But I just knew because I like I thought that maybe because they obviously liked their moms so much, and I was like, well, they would be team love and um, yeah. might help with that. But well, and their moms were um, became friends very quickly, so it's almost like have they known each other? Before? Yeah, that's Is kind they, of and that was really where, the first time they've met and interacted with each other. Yeah, that's kind of where I was at as well. Um, and then the last question is, uh, did you buy it? Did you buy that they could arrange this and have it all go completely according to plan? The one I thought that was kind of a, uh, a Hail Mary was, uh, his, his, his plight. I could see hers more yeah. so because, you know, she did something that would ruin her yeah. and that then they would want to marry her off. And her dad needed the money. So hers was more believable. Yeah. His was, you know, he was just kind of acting a certain way, hoping that his dad would get mad. And because he'd never acted that way before, it would seem like kind of a... Well, know. and maybe I'm just, like, basing this off of other historical romances I've read, but, I mean, 25 is pretty young for them to, like, be holding the guys accountable. Like, you need to get married. You know, like at least. Well, they wanted him to get married because he was spending all his dad's money. Yeah. They wanted him to settle down. Um, but I feel like they, in other romance novels, at least they kind of let them sow their wild oats for a little bit longer than that. So, I don't know the fact that they were like. Well, I think that's why he was like over the top, wasting money because he wanted them to come down on him. Yeah. And make him want to settle down. Yeah. So some of it was like a little. Okay, yeah, okay, but, like, you know, we go along with it, because it, it's cute. Um, cool. That it was, was cute. It was a cute story. Yeah, that was, was all my questions. Do you have anything else you wanted to say about it? No, I thought it was cute. It was a good, um, thanks for making me read it, Ellen, because I enjoyed it. You know, that's how I, that's how I do. Um, cool. So those are our thoughts on Matter of Class by Mary Bellog, and we would love to hear from you on our Facebook page, the Goodreads group, our Twitter, which is at NotYourMomsRom, or you can email us at NotYourMomsRomanceBookClub at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. Um, next time, we are going to discuss Beard Science by Penny Reed. Uh, that's right, I'm making Mom read a contemporary. Now, Beard Science is the third book in Penny Reed's Winston Brothers say, series. You're not making me read, you're making me read a whole series. I am. <laughs> in two that's weeks. why I said you, you got your work cut out for you the next couple weeks. Um, so it's the third book, and um, so Mom has more reading on deck to catch up uh, than just the one book. But she's going to do it with a smile on her face. Are you up to the challenge? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes, I am. I already bought you the first book, so you're good to go. Um, so, f- did you, oh, wait, wait. Let's rephrase. Who bought me my book? Well, I went on your uh, Amazon account and bought it for you <laughs> using your payment information. Oh, okay. I don't so it's s- not like a gift or anything. I don't see, <laughs> yeah. I don't see the need for the clarification, but that's fine. I did you a favor, oh, basically. Is, yeah. <laughs> So for now, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll be talking about why romance gets such a bad rap. Stay with us. 
Hi everybody, Ellen here with your Contemporary Spotlight for the week. So this week I wanted to talk about Once and for All by Cheryl Etchison. It is a military contemporary um, and it's really good. I really like it a lot. It's about um, Brie and Danny and they were childhood sweethearts who um, have been separated for a variety of reasons, but um, his military career being one of them. She has uh, meanwhile gone through a battle with cancer and survived and she just kind of wants to get on with her life and not be a victim for the people around her anymore. So when Danny comes back, he kind of presents her with a solution to her problems and it's them kind of finding their way back to each other. It's really good. I really liked it a lot. Um, I do go to a book club with Cheryl and she's also very nice so that might be clouding my judgment but I really recommend it if, especially if you're looking for a military contemporary. Um, she does the military really well. Um, so yeah, so check that one out. Thanks guys. And we're back to rant about the stupid reasons that romance gets such a hard time. As you can see, I'm not being very subtle about how I feel. So, Mom, <laughs> as someone who previously gave it a hard time, what do people get wrong about the genre? Well, I think a lot of it comes from back in the day. Like, if you go back to, like, the 70s with the Harlequin romances and that, they were just... What? You know what? I can't really say. I never read one. Yeah! But they seemed like... <laughs> <laughs> That's the point! They seemed like little fluffy nothing books which with no substance to them Mm -hmm. however now that I've been reading them well like we've talked about it's not the sex that makes the books good it's the stories and the romance in the stories Mm -hmm. that we enjoy Mm -hmm. so (laughs) um I think that a lot of people don't understand well, first of all, I think there's a lot of people out there who just aren't very romantic. Like, there's certain people I thought, oh, I should recommend this book to. And then I think, eh, no, they just don't enjoy romance mm-hmm. in any shape or form. So I don't know that that's... So I think there's just some people who just don't get why, you know, we love romance and we rub our hands together and get all excited when they kiss in a show. And, you know, mm-hmm. that the build up to it is just so fun for us. Yeah. Um, I just think there's some people who, like, just don't get that. Yeah. But then there's other people who do. And I think there's more substance to the stories than people think there is. I think they think it's just the sex. And, And, you know, like, Harlequin is still making books, too. I think that there are romance novels that exist that are still, like, you know, not as substantial. And, but they're still finding an audience and... I don't know, like, who's to say, I mean, if it's bringing enjoyment to somebody, like, who cares? Um, The other thing that I see a lot, um, well, of course, there's always the, like, I hate when I tell people that I like, I read romance, and they're like, oh, is so you read Fifty Shades of Grey? I'm like, well, yes, but just because I read romance doesn't mean that that's, like, the end-all, be-all of romance novels. In fact, there are, like... Even within that subgenre of romance, there's, like, books that do it so much better than freaking Fifty Shades of Grey. So, 
Um, there's that angle, the fact that, like, it's mommy porn and people are just reading it for that. And we've talked about that before, but no. Um, that's, like, <laughs> a sub thing of what makes them sort of fun to read. But more than anything, yeah, it's like you said, it's, I, I like it for, I don't know, like, the optimistic portrayal of relationships love. and love. Yeah. And, yeah. The other thing that I see a lot is kind of the feminist angle. Um, people that feel like it's perpetuating kind of this patriarchal agenda uh, that women only care about love and romance. Um, but that is only what people think romances are like. I mean, I feel like some of the most feminist, you know, and feminine-driven stories that I've ever read are romance novels. Um, first of all, it's an entire industry that's run by women. So, duh. And then, um, like, especially books that are being written today, I feel like even, like, within the historical genre, there's such, like, feminist women who are going after, you know, kind of what they want in life and in their relationships. And it just happens to look at relationships with men in a more optimistic way than I think a lot of feminists would like us to be looking at men. <laughs> Well, even if you go all the way back to, like, um, Jane Austen, if you look at Lizzie Bennet, she was more outspoken. Mm -hmm. She had, she was not your typical, I mean, Jane was definitely your typical little sit back and, and find a husband kind of gal. And, and Lizzie was more of the, you know, I'm not going to do what they tell me to do kind of thing. Yeah. And had, had a much more, you know, for that time was a pretty outspoken character and, you know, kind of a feminist of her day, yeah, so to well, speak. Yeah, well, and most most Austin heroes in some way are progressive. Like, either they're well-educated or they're writers or, you know, something like that. So, And most of the heroines in the stories that we read are, are for their time, you know, that's the whole... That's what makes them fun to read mm -hmm. is, you know, if they're not, if they're, you know like wet mops, no one would read the stories. Yeah. They, you know, the, the feisty outspoken ones are the fun ones to read about. Yeah. Um, and they're all about women going after what they want. And sometimes, yes, that includes love, but you know, I think the good ones are going after something else. You know, there's some, something else that's driving them other. And in, in fact, usually it's just like, Oh, this guy is plopped into her life while she's going after what she wants. And, they happen to fall in love, you know? Definitely. And, um, so, so that one frustrates me because, and it's all from people who have never read a romance novel in their life and are just like basing it off of, you know, the covers or what they think romance novels are. They think they're all just kind of like rom-com formulaic and they're not. I mean, some of them are, yes, but some of them are not, most of them I think are not. Um, and then the other one that I see a lot is that people say that it's giving women false expectations of love and etc. Um, I think no, but it does teach women to not settle for someone who's not going to respect them. And, um, sorry if that's not what you think should be expectations, but I think that that's <laughs> just a fair ass assessment of how relationships should work. That's just right. me. I agree. I agree. Um, I think that, uh, I mean, 
No, I think a lot of women who read romance are happily married. And yeah. I don't expect my husband to be like the men in these books. I mean, I would have been divorced a long time ago. <laughs> okay, gross. I'm kidding. I'm happy. <laughs> um, it's, uh, you got to think of it too as some, I mean, sometimes it's okay to read the fairy tale. I mean, it's, yeah. It's it's okay to, I mean, you don't go into it reading it thinking, all men should be like this. I mean, you go into it reading, this is just fun to read about. Yeah. And it's fun to read somebody else's. I mean, it's like when people want to hear, like, when there's a couple that's getting married. It's like, how did you guys meet? How did he propose? It's just fun to, yeah. like, you know, hear somebody else's. Well, it's like you don't read a science fiction novel and say... This is this is really going to happen. This is the way the future is really going to be. It's really this is the way life should be. It's like no, it's you don't go read science fiction for that purpose. Yeah. Um, same thing with romantic con- with the romance novels. You read the romance novels thinking this is fun. This is romance. Yeah. This is just you know taking me away from my everyday humdrum life. And I also don't think that like I haven't read one that's like well this is super far fetched. You know I think that. They're all sort of within the realm of believability. Um, <laughs> the realm. A realm. <laughs> Maybe I'm disproving my own point. But I think that... <laughs> but I, I do think that that's just... I think that's the main takeaway that I've taken from romance novels is that, you know, it's women who are expecting respect within the relationships with men or if it's a women-women novel, then... With in their relationships, you know. Um, also, I think the miscon- another misconception about romance is that they're all like bodice rippers or Nicholas Sparks or Fifty Shades of Grey. But really, like the genre is so wide and varied. Like I know we mainly just talk about historical romances on this, but you've got paranormal, you've got science fiction, you've got murder mystery romance suspense romance you've got um historical you've got aliens werewolves shapeshifters historicals in lots and like any setting you could possibly hope for you have lgbt you have serious you have funny you have angsty i mean really if you have something you read outside of the romance genre and you want it to have a little bit more romance like look within the romance genre because there's just like everything. Well, even regular novels. I mean, if you go outside of the romance genre, there's, um, there's romance in almost every book because that's what makes a book fun to read. Yeah. And, um, anyway, I mean, there's just a little romance. It's fun. Yeah. I know. (sighs) Anyway, I think I'm done ranting. I get it does get a bad rap, and I'm one that gave it a bad rap yeah. for, to you for a long time. Yeah, you did. And you know, still, I read them on my Kindle because I don't want to walk around with. Well, I read everything on my Kindle because I'm old lady and I can make the print bigger. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, it's easier to read them on the Kindle because I'm not walking around with, you know, that cover. Well, and honestly, like I don't. If somebody asks me what I'm reading, I'll tell them. I don't have any shame about, like, what I'm reading. It's just that I just would rather not deal with the comments because, you know, 
you get you get weird ones when you get either judgmental or like oh so you must be like that kind of girl I'm like no <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, just, I get lots of strange comments and so just to avoid that I read them on Kindle anyway I get on my soapbox about people hating on the genre because I've had to defend it ev- as long as I've been reading it so you've been reading it longer than me yes I have um, so my arguments are well prepared and 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 numerous <laughs> Um, okay, so thanks for joining us. Again, if you would like to join us for Beard Science by Penny Reed in two weeks, you can find us on Twitter at NotYourMomsRom or on Facebook or Goodreads or email us at NotYourMomsRomanceBookClub at gmail.com. Okay, thanks, Mom. Thanks, Ellen. Bye. Okay.